What's up, friends? This is Chris Fritz, and you're listening to the Roses from Bones podcast. If you like the show, you can check out merch, music, a newsletter, a Discord, and lots more at rosesfrombones.com. I'm doing something a little bit different this week. I have traditionally done this podcast by reading from a script and not looking at the camera because of two very specific reasons. I'm terrified of the microphone, and I'm terrified of the camera. But since this is a personal growth podcast, I figure I owe it to myself to step out of my comfort zone a little bit and go off script, work from an outline, and, you know, grow a little bit. So we're going to try this out. If you like it, let me know. Leave a comment, reach out on Twitter, hit me up on Discord, let me know what you think. Let's dive in. Today, we're going to talk about revenge. Specifically, we're going to talk about how to get the ultimate revenge on your enemies. And it turns out, it's a lot easier than you think. I'm going to start out with a story from my past. When I was like 10 or 11, I remember stick fighting with a friend of mine in his front yard. And I thought I was doing pretty well, but he was older than me, stronger than me, faster than me, and he had a bigger stick. And I got my ass kicked. And I was pretty mad. I mean, I always lost because I just kind of a geeky, nerdy kid. I'm sure you could have guessed that. So nearby, I happened to spy a bigger stick. And I went for it. I was closer, and he knew he wasn't going to get to it before me. So instead of going for the stick, he turned around and ran inside. I was like, oh, hell yeah, I got this. I'm going to kick his ass when he comes out. So I did a couple practice swings under the tree. And uh, then, like a minute later, he comes back out. And he's got new weapons. He's got dish soap and a towel. And I'm like, what are you going to do with that? And then immediately he squirts the dish soap all over me and then whips me with the towel. The, The soap, it got in my mouth. It got all over my clothes, it got in my eyes, and it burned like hell. And I learned two lessons that day. One is that revenge rarely goes according to plan and often causes you to lose more than you gain. And the other is that you do not want to get dish soap in your eyes. So that brings us to today's quote of the week from the Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. Quote, the best revenge is to not be like that. End quote. When I'm philosophizing on my own, I like to think of people as living in two worlds at the same time. And I call them the jungle and the clouds. The jungle is this kind of existential, very physical game of power of predators and prey. Humans, we are the apex predators of the planet. We have killed things. We've killed each other to survive. And part of us inhabits that world all the time. At the same time, I believe that we are spiritual beings and that we inhabit a world that I call the clouds, heaven, basically. And in that world, life is a spiritual journey where we're discovering what we are and how to get from birth to death 
while doing as little damage as possible to ourselves and everybody else. And so emotions make it complicated because emotions are an evolutionary tool to help us navigate this complex world of power where people are trying to manipulate us, things are trying to kill us, and yet we also live in the world of the clouds. And we are after what the Greeks referred to as ataraxia, which is a state of non-disturbance, relaxation, vibes. Here's the thing. One of the best ways to manipulate someone who you are in this jungle combat with is to infuriate them. Because when you infuriate someone, they become like a bull who's in combat with a matador. The matador does everything he can to stoke the bull up into a rage, to get him super angry, and, and then he's seeing red. You know, he, he, the matador waves a red flag and gets the bull to focus on that red flag. Basically, the bull is so infuriated that the matador can control how the bull moves. The bull is reacting, seeking revenge, but the matador is calling the shots. So the bull charges. He gets close, the matador steps out of the way, and stabs it to death. And that's what revenge does to us. Revenge often causes us to play directly into the hands of the people that we are essentially in this jungle combat with. Revenge is seductive and deceptive. It promises us pleasure. It promises us justice and joy, but it tends to deliver pain, and it can even lead us to our death. Here's how revenge works in your brain. First, somebody hurts you. They insult you. They steal from you. They humiliate you in public. Then, two, the thought of getting revenge stimulates a part of your brain called the caudate nucleus, which is a part of your brain associated with the feeling of reward. And so basically, when you think about getting revenge, you feel pleasure now because you're imagining how much pleasure you're going to feel in the future. But this isn't rational. Imagining pleasure in the future doesn't mean that you'll actually experience it in the future, this same sort of logical fallacy is what tricks us into overspending on credit cards and going on lavish vacations, buying expensive clothes, uh, spending too much money on a new car or something. We imagine that it's going to bring us a lot of joy and pleasure in the future, but then when the bills come, we freak out. It brings more pain in the future than it brought pleasure in the short term. This is also how people get you to buy $1,000, $2,000 courses that are basically just glorified get-rich-quick schemes that you could find for free on the internet. So, back to our jungle scenario. You've been injured. You've imagined revenge. Now you're faced with a decision. You can either forgive and forget, move on with your life, or you can act on your thoughts of revenge. Now here's where it gets interesting. There have been studies where people in a controlled environment all participate in a game, and somebody is planted to cheat during the game and intentionally get caught. 
And then researchers test two groups of people. One is the people who choose to forgive the cheater and just move on with their lives. And the other is the people who choose to punish the cheater. And they talk to both these people after like 10 minutes. The people who forgive the cheater and move on, 10 minutes later, they report that they feel good. They are over it and they have really no lingering negative feelings about the game. But the people who choose to punish the cheater when asked how they feel 10 minutes later report that they are still angry about the game. Now, it goes further than that. Additional studies have shown that when people reflect on acts of justice later on in the future, they experience both a sense of pleasure that justice has been served and they relive the original pain of the injustice in the first place. So what does all this mean? Basically, it means when you seek revenge, you set yourself up to relive the pain of the original injustice over and over again, possibly forever. And so if you really want to be free from the pain and the frustration of being injured or betrayed by somebody, forgiveness is the only option. And so what this reveals is that both in the world of the jungle and the world of the clouds, revenge rarely delivers the pleasure that it promises. So what does philosophy have to say about this? I'm going to tell you a little story about one of my favorite philosophers, Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius is remembered as one of the greatest emperors in all of Roman history. However, his rule was not easy. He lost eight children in his lifetime. He was betrayed many times by people he trusted. Probably the biggest betrayal that he ever dealt with was by one of his good friends, Avidius Cassius. Avidius Cassius was a talented and decorated Roman general and one of Marcus Aurelius' friends, who in 175 AD launched a coup and tried to take over the empire out from under Marcus. At the same time, rumors were flying around that Cassius was conspiring with Marcus's wife Faustina because Faustina felt that her son was not ready to rule the empire. There were even letters reportedly found of correspondence between Cassius and Faustina that had gone on for months. Marcus refused to read the letters because he didn't want to risk getting angry and being tempted to seek revenge. Marcus expressed many times that he wanted peace. He wanted to show his old friend grace and forgive him in person. Unfortunately, he didn't get his wish. At some point during the conflict, one of Cassius's own troops killed him, cut off his head, and sent it to Marcus Aurelius. When Marcus Aurelius received the news, he cried publicly and refused to look at the remains of his old friend. Maybe before this, maybe after, Marcus wrote in his meditations this simple phrase, quote, Choose not to be harmed, and you won't feel harmed. Don't feel harmed, and you haven't been. End quote. This attitude is what allowed him to stay calm in the snake pit that made up the Roman political landscape of his time. This attitude made him a loving father, husband, friend, 
and a beloved ruler admired by his people and cherished by history. Most importantly, this attitude is what allowed him to resist the temptation of revenge. So, how do you get ultimate revenge on your enemies? As Marcus Aurelius wrote in his private journal, don't be like that. Don't be like the person who wronged you. Don't be like the person who you were in the past who easily caved into anger. Don't be like the people around you who are fooled by the idea that revenge is going to bring them a lasting pleasure. This is my challenge to you. Practice a little bit of premeditatio malorum. Think about some of the ways that things might go wrong in your life. Think about some of the people who might not be who you thought they were. Decide now, before bad things happen to you, to choose forgiveness over revenge, so that the next time darkness falls over your life, you can be the light. I'll leave you with a few questions to think about. Is there anyone in your life who you want to get even with? Maybe they mistreated you in some way, or humiliated you publicly, or both, and more. Does the satisfaction you feel when you imagine getting revenge outweigh the pain of reliving the memory? Do you think it would feel better to get revenge and remember it forever, or to let the past go and move on with your life? Now for a few announcements. I'm launching a monthly sticker giveaway for my email subscribers. Every month, three of my email subscribers will receive a free Stoic sticker pack from the Roses from Bones collection. And over the next couple months, I'm going to add more stuff to the program, like t-shirts, hats, keychains, pins, and even some books, like The Meditations of Marcus Aurelius, The Enchiridion from Epictetus, Letters of the Stoic from Seneca, stuff like that. Also, for the February book club, we are going to be reading The Immortality Key by Brian Murorescu. This book goes into the history of psychedelic use in ancient religions and even in the early Christian church. I think it's going to be a fascinating read. If you want to read along, then hop into the Discord and we can chat about the book throughout the month. If you're interested, you can find the monthly giveaway and the link to the Discord at rosesfrombones.com. If you like the show and you want to help me keep it going, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash chris underscore fritz. Until next time, memento mori.